Hello everyone, welcome to the Hillfields Church Podcast where we talk about Jesus, how much we love him and what he's doing in our church. Here's this week's message. We pray it blesses you, but most importantly, that it changes you. Check it out. Stop ministering. You're going to need to know this. This is not something you just need to know as a one-off thing. This is something that we need to know. So 2 Chronicles verse chapter 5. From verse 1. So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and the furnishings, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of God. Now earlier on in this, uh, in this book, it's David, who's king, he basically gets told by God, he gets basically told, uh, you're not going to be the one to build me a house. It's going to be your sons that are going to be build me a house to dwell in. Now, what I love about David's response is he doesn't respond with arrogance. He doesn't respond with contempt. He doesn't respond with a, oh, hang on a minute. Like, I want to see it. That's not fair. Yeah? He responds with just this incredible mindset of, he says... Uh, who am I, O oh Lord, that you would, what is my house? Who, who am I? Where, where, who are we that you have brought me this far? Who am I that you've brought me this far? Who am I that you have brought me this far? Like church, who are you that God has brought you this far? Like who, who are you that God would choose you, save you, rescue you, heal you? deliver you, transform you. Who are we? This is David's response. He says, who am I? Like that, that I would even be used by the Lord. That, that I would even be here. A child of the king. Well, that's, yep. But who are we? Who are we? We are, we, God says the earth is his footstool and we are but ants. That's who we are in comparison to who God is. He is great. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is awesome. And yet David realizes, wow, despite that status, God is going to use me and he's promising that he's going to use my sons. Who are we? Who are we that we would be used by God? Who am I, O oh Lord, that, that you would, and who are, where, like, who is my house that you would choose me? Has anyone ever felt that? I have. Like, who am I that in the... Eight billion people on this planet that God would put his finger and say, you, who are we? And David gets this. He gets it. So he's, he's not down because he's not going to be used by God to see something that he's not going to get to see. He's excited that God is still going to use his house. And following on from last week's message, you know, where, where are we willing to plant trees that we won't get to enjoy? Unless we know that we are already at the mercy of God, we will continue to act like God owes us something. But if we live in a place that we know that we have only made it this far because of his mercy, we will not become self-righteous. And the generation that is um, holding on to God's blessing right now, yeah, you would let it go because you know the mercy that you have received from God to get this far. 
you'll let it go. I'm only here because of his mercy anyway. It wasn't mine in the first place. The blessings that he's poured out, the things that he's built, he did it. Or we become the generation that we've seen in the last few years, decades, where they've kept hold of the blessing and haven't been willing to release it to the generation that's coming through. Hence why the church is dying and in some places has died. If we understand that if we just get on with the work that we're meant to do, God will use it to bless the generations that are to come. So the instructions to build a temple came and the building was done. They had built this beautiful structure to the spec God had requested. And I believe this message, this is why I'm sharing it with you, is that we're in a season as a church where God has been able to build his church. I'm not just talking about this gathering. You are his church, yeah, the temple. You are the temple. So you've been allowing God to actually build your life rather than telling him how you want him to work in yours. And this is what's had to flip in our generation and in the church today is that we've started to realize he's a mighty God. And I'm only here because of his mercy. So if I'm only here because of his mercy, why am I telling God who could crush me in a second what he needs to do for me? And people have started to realize, hang on a minute, it doesn't work that way. That's just me creating an idol. That's just me creating my own God. That doesn't make him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob now. That makes him a God of my own making. And then we start telling God, okay, God, um, this is what I'd like you to do today. We, we whip out the shopping list and we give him all the things. And, and then when he doesn't do the things that are on the list, we get angry with him. Well, you haven't done it in the time I thought you would do it. This is the problem with the generation that's gone before us, is they became selfish. And we've got to really be careful that we do not become selfish too. But God has been building his house. And I've seen it because I'm a pastor, so I get to see a lot of you. I get to spend time with some of you. I get to have conversations with you. I get to get messages from you. And I get to see the challenges that are going on in your life. Now I want to let you know how my life has changed as a pastor. I'm not now dealing with people moaning at me because they don't like the color of the carpet. Or the, the hymns that weren't, weren't sung or the hymns that were sung or because they came and someone was sat in their seat or I'm not dealing with those conversations anymore. The people that are coming and speaking to me and it has been like this for a while are people saying, I, don't, I just need to surrender more to God. Can you pray with me? Can you pray with me? I've got an addiction and I know it's in the way. Can you pray with me? I'm struggling with my relationship with my wife or my husband. And I know I need to get that right. People aren't just going, well, do you know what? I'll just get divorced like everyone else does. People are sitting with the Lord and they're laying the Holy Spirit to speak to them and saying, well, it doesn't really matter what I feel or think. His truth remains. And you guys are allowing God to build his house in you. So this is what's going on here is that David gets told about the temple, but God says, you're not going to be the one to do it. Solomon's going to do it. So they build the temple. The temple has been built. So for us, the message for us as a church is that God, we're, we're not, we haven't finished building. We're going to always be building. Yeah, amen? Yeah? But for a season, for the season we're in, God has been building his house. 
Yeah, and he's been building his house in you and he's been building his house with us together. And this is what I think God is saying now. That's not what God is saying now. <laughs> so verse 2, now Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes and the chief of fathers and the children of Israel in Jerusalem and that they might bring the ark of the covenant to the Lord up from the city of David, which is Zion. Therefore, all the men of Israel assembled and the king of the feast, which was meant in the seventh month. So all the elders of Israel came and the Levites took up the ark. Then they brought up the ark and the tabernacle of meeting and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle. The priests and the Levites brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled with him before the ark were sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted or numbered for the multitude. Then the priests brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord in its place to the inner sanctuary of the temple, to the most high place, a most holy place under the wings of the cherubim. And the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim overshadowed the ark of its poles, and the poles extended, so the ends of the poles of the ark could, not, could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside. And they, and they are there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two tablets which Moses put there in Horeb, which the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they had come out of Egypt. So the Ark of the Covenant, which is basically an incredible wooden box covered in gold, yeah, um, it houses the tablets or the commandments of God. It's the house that contains the word of God, the promises of God to his people. This is brought into the temple, into the most holy place, the holy of holies. Verse 11, and it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites who were the singers, all of those of Asher and Hermon and Judathan um, with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, harps. With them, 120 priests sounding the trumpet. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music. And they praised the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever. That the house, um, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. And that the priest could not cont continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Amen. And this is what I believe is our message. This is what I believe is our season. I believe God has built the house. I believe you've been building it with him. Unless, unless God builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. Yeah. So hopefully you're not building your own house anymore. Hopefully you've sat down and you've realized, man, I was building on sand. And now I've got to start building on the rock, yeah? Hopefully that's happened. Hopefully that's happening or it's happened, yeah? You're building your house. You're, you're allowing now, your foundations are rooted in God. You've got rid of some of the foundations that were, if you were things that you were basing on um, that weren't of God. And you started to say, God, you build the house. So in transitioning, we saw that today when people said, I'm choosing Jesus for the first time. You made a decision to start building your house on the rock, not on the sand. Yeah, there's a transaction that takes place. 
And people are making these decisions now all over the place. Everyone that's coming through the doors, we've seen it already happen today, but we're seeing it every week. We're seeing people choosing to start allowing God to build the house because when we build it, it crumbles. And I think we've all learned that lesson, have we not? Yeah? So when God is saying, I, 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 I will build the house, I will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is what God says. So the problem is, why is there a, such a mess in the church? We're telling God how to build the church. And we're trying to build it for him. And God says, that's not what I instruct. Unless the Lord builds the house, you labor in vain. I will build my church and the gates of hell. You want to know why hell is coming against you sometimes? Why the enemy is winning? Well, you're building it. You're building it. Why is the enemy winning? Well, did, did God build this or did you build it? Well, actually, I, I probably got involved a little bit in the foundations and the cement. You're like, well, that's supposed to be the Holy Spirit. So you're not supposed to take his job either. So this is the season I believe we're in. Stop ministering. This is what happened here. It says they, had, they were the singers. They were the ones that clashed the cymbals. They were the ones that were celebrating and praising God. They were shouting out to him and they were, the Lord is good, his mercy endures forever. But it says, the glory of God came and they stopped ministering. We're so focused on doing so much for the Lord that we realize we forget that he's here. We're so focused sometimes on like, what can I do to get more of Jesus that we forget that he says, I'm with you. I will never leave you. And sometimes we just need to stop ministering. Because who are they ministering to? Not the people. To God. Sometimes we just need to shut up. Sometimes we need to just sit down. Sometimes we just need to stop. And I really think this is a really important message. Because the word has gone out in the last few months, yeah? And the word has been powerful. And the word has been challenging now I don't know about you but I've got a small brain and I know a few of you have too if I'm retaining all that information all those challenges from the Holy Spirit but I haven't got time to do anything with it what good is it it's great that we can be a church that administers the word we're never going to stop we're going to give you the word we're not going to compromise on it and it's going to come but if we're, all we're doing is feeding you the word and not making space for the glory of God, how can God do anything with the word? How can he implement it into your heart that it actually changes you? And that doesn't come through our efforts. It comes from us sitting down and doing nothing with him. Getting into his presence, spending time with him, And just the awareness, like I said earlier, of how awesome he is. How great is our God. How mighty is he. Now we already know that he's a father. He's a friend. He's a brother. But let's not lose sight that he is king. He is sovereign. And he is God. He is in charge. Whether you like it or not. Whether you don't like what he did, whether you don't like that he gave you something that you, that you needed but you didn't really want it, yeah? It doesn't really matter. He is God. 
What relationship do you have with God? I'm sure you got a good one with the father and with the son and with the brother and with the friend. But what is our relationship with just his awesome glory? Because that's why we build the house. Why do we build the house? Why was Solomon building the temple? To house the glory of God. Why are you building your life? It's not to set up a mega ministry. It's not to save thousands of people. That's not why we're building the house. That might be a result of it. You might see God move in your life. You might see people get saved. You might even get to see baptisms. You might see people feel the, the people coming into the church and it growing. But why are we actually really building the church? Why is the temple being constructed? It's to house the glory of God. Are you allowing God to build your house to house the glory of God? Or is there some things, like we learned about a few weeks ago, that there are some rooms that you do not want him to see, even though he sees it already, guys? Yeah, he's God. He knows. Are we allowing God to build the temple? Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, are we not? So ministry is important. It's part of our walk with God. It comes from him. But even those that ministered had to stop for the glory. How much are we stopping for his glory? How much space are we making for his glory? How much room is he getting? And I'm not just talking about you guys, because you guys might just do what I tell you to do on a Sunday, because that might be the way it works. So we are all responsible for making room for the Lord. And God warned me of this this week. I didn't feel like he was telling me off. He was warning me, like, this could happen if you do not keep your focus on it now. See, the disciples were with Jesus. Do you know that, yeah? Physically with Jesus, yeah? Do people know that? There's like nobody, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So they were with him. They were with him for three years. They witnessed miracles, 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 yeah? They document these miracles. You see them document these miracles. They sat in his presence with Jesus. They sat in his presence. And time and time again in the Gospels, you read, we sat with Jesus, but we didn't get it. He told us something. We didn't get it. Because they were so focused on, well, okay, Jesus, aren't, you gonna, aren't we going to win against the Romans now? Aren't we going to see this happen now? Isn't there going to be the miracles more? Oh, let's go and feed 10,000 now. We've done the three, you know? They're so focused on all the things that Jesus was doing that when Jesus was saying, this is why I'm really here, they missed it. It literally says, after the fact, we got this later on. And God is warning us, baptisms will happen because we're in the presence of God. Miracles will happen. Ministry will happen. We saw ministry last night with the dance group. That's ministry. There's nothing wrong with it. We love it. And look what God did. But it can't be the focus. It has to be that we're building a house not to be more famous, not to get bigger, not to be used by God, but so he can house his glory. 
And if he does get to do that, everything else comes. Seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else will come, yeah? And I feel this is a warning for us as a church, but I also feel it's just been a challenge for me personally. But I think it's been a challenge for a few, or maybe some of you have been wondering what's going on. I think God just wants to spend time with you. I think God just wants you to sit in his presence and know his glory. And he wants to come and do a work. And I think he's spoken to you enough in the last month for you to have enough words. But now it's time to let them sink and soak. Maybe you've been through a rough time. Maybe there's things that you're facing that have been dark. But I want to let you know that no preach is going to change that. But his presence can change it in an instant. Maybe you need healing or restoration. God can do that in a moment. Way more than my words or anyone else's words can. So I want us to just get in the mindset when we turn up here for the gatherings, when we're gathering for other things, are we really coming for the glory of God? Or are we coming to minister? Come to the glory for the glory of God and then we will minister. So I'm going to pray. We're going to pray for the juniors. And they're going to go out and do some nativity work after, I think. But Father, I just pray, however long we've got left today, that in the next few weeks as I'm preaching, or supposed to be preaching, we're just going to make room for you. We're going to make room for you, Lord. We're going to come and we're going to meet with you. We're going to come, Lord, and we're going to show you that we can lay down. We can stop ministering. And we can just sit in the glory. So, Father, help us all, Lord, to stop trying to gain approval from you for our efforts. To stop trying to, to show you that we're doing a good job or that we're busy, so it must mean a good thing. Lord, help us learn to stop and to stand in the awesome, awesomeness of your presence and your glory and your power. Come and transform us from the inside out. Just one moment with you can change the rest of our lives, God. Help us to know how important it is that as a church that we're building, we're not building it to run it well, we're building it so your glory can be housed. There's a place for your glory. Every church should be doing this, God. Help us to honor you with this. Help each individual to honor you with their everyday lives, that they're allowing you to, to fill them with your glory, the temple that they are to the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I pray, will you just come now and move? Will you come and have your way? Will you anoint everyone here? Will you challenge our hearts? And Lord, as we move forward in this next period of time, help us to just find that space with you. Thank you, Father. Amen.